Great to have those of you who are visiting with us for the first time this morning. Great to have you here. And uh, we want you to know that you're very special to us. And in fact, everything we do, everything we, we work hard to create here on a Sunday morning is with you as our number one priority. Uh, that said, I need to warn you that this morning I'm gonna be preaching about giving. Yeah. And I know that uh, many people who aren't church regulars have it in their brains that the church just wants your money. And uh, before you hide your wallet uh, or sprint out the back door, uh, I just, it just happens that this morning we're talking and teaching about giving. We don't just teach about giving every week, but in fact, what we're doing for uh, this current four-week series is giving uh, some perspective on what God has to say about money and stuff. One slice of which is giving, and this is the third week. We're gonna teach about giving is good, but overall, God's got a lot to say about how you and I should see and handle money and stuff. And uh, so uh, we launched this series, Making Change, teaching about less is more that you and I live in a Western society, Western culture, where, where we kind of just think it's normal to consume, 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 and find ourselves on the, on the treadmill of endless consumption. And God has some stuff to say about that, that that's not actually the purpose that we've been created for. God uh, is happy when we have some nice things. Uh, he's happy when we enjoy some nice things, but the purpose in life isn't just to have nice things and it's not just to endlessly consume. In fact, I have to give a special shout out to Neil Watson this week. I posted up a little, uh, a little uh, photo, a little image on socials this week, uh, which uh, called out the statistic that the average Australian buys 27 kilograms of new clothes every year. And Neil put a little comment, shout out to Neil. Uh, boy, given how little clothes I buy, someone must be buying a lot of clothes. It's like, all right, well, it's not Neil. We've eliminated one of the Australians as the guilty person. Less is more. And uh, then week two, stress is bad because here's the thing. If we get into this treadmill of endless consumption, we, we sometimes think and, 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 and fall into the trap of, of thinking that spending more than we earn is just normal. Having credit card debt that we can't keep up with the interest repayments on, it's just normal. Everyone does it. Everyone in my work does it. Everyone in my family does it. My parents did it. My kids are gonna do it. It's just a normal thing to do. And with that comes stress that actually can, can damage not just damage your bank account, your, your bottom line, your profit and loss statement, but actually has the potential to damage your health, your emotional health, your mental health. It has the, the, the potential to damage relationships, marital tension, stress about finances is bad. And God has a lot to say about that. Next week, we're gonna talk about tomorrow matters. That we don't just wanna live in a carpe diem world, but actually tomorrow matters as well as today and having that perspective on finances. But today, one of the things that God has a lot to say about when it comes to money and stuff is giving. Giving is good. In, in fact, specifically, Jesus had a lot to say about money and stuff and a lot to say about giving. You can open the Elevate app if you have it. Uh, and, and for some of you Luddites, if you also know how to use it, <coughs> Emily, um, and, uh, and you go to the Bible tile and it'll take you to the book of Acts. Now, a little bit of a Bible nerd fact, uh, everything that Jesus said, you'll find in the, what are called the Gospels, written by some dudes named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of which I own two of those names. Um, but 
But the book of Acts, Luke writes one additional bonus track uh, from Jesus' playlist, something that he said. And, uh, and Luke gives some pretty strong call out to you and I when, when he asks us to, to do something very, very specific around something Jesus said. Luke wrote, you, you and I, we should remember, or in this case, if it's news to you, you should know and then go about remembering the words of the Lord Jesus. And he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, you don't have to be a church person to have heard that phrase. I'm sure it's more blessed to give than to receive. The issue isn't uh, whether you've heard that phrase. The, The question is whether you really believe that to be true or not. Hey, I like receiving. I I ain't gonna lie. You come to our tiny house and you walk in the front door, you will see two glorious shining pieces of artwork that will confront you and illuminate your world. Here they are. Their names are Propel and Trinity. Trinity, it's just, wow. There's a lot of church jokes I can make about that. Propel and Trinity. They're both made by a company named Giant named after me, obviously. And, uh, and I've purchased these two bikes in the last couple of years. I bought them from Foothill Cycles, official bike supplier to Elevate Church, courtesy of Super Steve. And uh, I've gone into, into Super Steve's store, Foothill Cycles, official bike supplier to Elevate Church, and, uh, and, uh, and ridden on two separate occasions, each of these home. And I'm telling you, I'm pulling that trusty steed out of the front door of the bike shop. I'm flipping my leg over the saddle, climbing aboard that thing. And I, I bomb it home, uh, mostly because I'm riding down Albany Highway, AKA Suicide Alley. And, uh, but I'm flying and praying and, and, and holding on to, to my dear life that one of those tradies in a ute won't take me out. But I am so satisfied and so thrilled that new bike day has finally arrived. I love receiving. If you're in our house, you proceed through our our spacious mansion, you'll get out the back and you'll find this delightful thing called the hub. Let's go to the next one there, Brando. This is the hub. Now that's not me, it could be, it's not me. That's Heston Blumenthal because Heston Blumenthal, he actually designed this um, incredible piece of culinary artwork. And, uh, and the way this one came about, I don't like to pay retail, so I buy through people I know. The Jared, some of whom you know, Jared was leading worship this morning, used to work for the company that sells and distributes these. And so I was able to get a little bit of the Jared pricing in on this. And I gotta tell you, it was one of the greatest uh, purchases of my life, because here's how it went down. I emailed Jared, I say, hey dude, can you get me one of these? What's the price? He emails back, yep, here's the price. I say, good price. Uh, I said, here's my credit card details. From that moment, Jared, using my credit card, Jared paid for the unit. Jared went to their warehouse and picked up the unit. Jared drove to my house and delivered the unit. Jared, it weighs 80 kilos. Jared mostly single-handedly unloaded the unit. Jared wheeled the unit into my backyard. Jared stripped off all of the packaging off the unit. Jared, Jared assembled the unit and then Jared buggered off and I grilled. And <laughs> shut up, Jared. And uh, I love receiving. New bike day, new grill day. I mean, you know, I don't buy lots of things, but when I buy things, I buy things that, are, that, are, that I'm gonna enjoy. I like receiving. Jesus says more blessed to give than to receive. Well, 
Okay, hmm, are we convinced that that's in fact true? Well, as much satisfaction that I derive from buying some nice new things, uh, I gotta tell you, I actually, and Louis and I actually get far more pleasure, far more satisfaction, far more fulfillment out of giving than we do out of getting. And, 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 and you know, you might be looking at me going, yeah, Sure, buddy, you're paid to say that. I remember uh, early in our marriage, we were coming home from somewhere, we were in Delgleish or Dagleish, I never know which one of those two pronunciations is correct, next to Subiaco. Anyway, we're driving home and there's a, there's a service station there. We pull in there, maybe about 10.30 at night to, uh, to uh, <laughs> put petrol in the car. <sighs> we pulled into the petrol station to put petrol in the car and... Uh, and uh, I filled it up, uh, Louis went in to pay, and uh, then Louis comes back out and gets in the car, driving off, big smile on her face. I'm thinking, I don't understand what all the excitement's about. She's like, <laughs> and uh, turns out that on her way, I'm, I'm just doing something at the Bowser, on the way in to the store, she'd seen this group of younger uh, crew turn out, like about 12 of them in this one car. And, uh, and they put some fuel in their car and they were all kind of like fumbling for getting, someone's passing their hat around so they can now pay for this fuel. Um, and she went into the, to the service station attendant and said, look, whatever, like here's the money for, for our fuel, but whatever they've just uh, pumped in, uh, put it on our account as well. And didn't, didn't tell them, she just got back in the car with me and drove off, big smile on her face. She didn't come back in the car excited that she'd paid for our fuel. This was, a, this was a great day for Louis because of the fact that she'd had the opportunity and took the opportunity to be generous. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I get paid fortnightly. Louis gets paid fortnightly and it's alternate weeks. So technically there's money coming into our household every week on a Thursday. Thursday mornings, my greatest pleasure is sitting down either in front of my computer or on my app with my little ANZ banking window opened and giving our first 10%. I then give uh, money to Alinta. I then give money to Synergy. I then give money to Opetus. Uh, I then give money to, you know, I got it. And, and it's good, you know, for services rendered, it's not a donation, um, it's appropriate, but I don't get any great pleasure out of that. It's just like pay, be pay, be pay, be pay, be pay. The pleasure I get is being able to see the first 10% of what we earn released into God's kingdom to see His kingdom grow. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Let me, let me show you something Paul wrote. Paul wrote this to a group of church people. So if you're a church person, this likely applies to you. Something that he wrote, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways. It's pretty good right there, huh? I should just preach about that for the next 18 minutes and 27 seconds. So that you're ready for anything and everything more than just ready to do what needs to be done. In fact, one psalmist puts it, he throws, God, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. This most generous God 
who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. This language is rich. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into fully formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. I wanna break down this uh, little snippet from Paul real quickly. I want you to notice three things. The first thing I want you to notice that Paul calls out is God is the source of yours and my financial provision. God is the source. And, and, and if you get this, if you understand this, then right in that moment, it's a game changer. Because even when you're short on finances, even when you feel like you're running out, you can understand that God ain't never gonna run out. That the source is never gonna run out. That even though you may in a season or a situation not have enough, God always has more than enough. And if He's done it before and provided for you, He's gonna do it again. It might not be in the way that you may have been taught if you grew up in a particular type of church where if you give $100 uh, Sunday morning when the buckets go by, that Monday morning the postie comes by and drops off a cheque for $1,000. It might work that way. It might not. I can't promise it won't. I'm not gonna say it will. Sometimes it does. But in every way, God is the source. And if we know that He's the source and if we know that it'll never run out, that that His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out, then we can shift from a scarcity mindset that, that actually a scarcity mindset isn't based around whether God's got enough. A scarcity mindset is worrying and, and being fearful of whether or not we'll have enough. And we can move from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, which, which, which tells us that even in a situation or a season when you or I don't have enough, God is a God of abundance. He has more than enough and He can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways. God is the source. But here's the thing. His blessing isn't just so that you and I can raise our standard of living, so we can have better stuff, nicer stuff, newer stuff, more stuff. He, he talks about a purpose of us being blessed with financial resources so that we are more than just ready to do what needs to be done. I've said this before, some of you have heard me say this, if your prayers around finances, if your prayers around God giving and, and, and pouring finances into your life, if they're just about your needs being met, about you just having enough, you're living too low. I even say you're probably living too selfishly. I wanna encourage you this morning to elevate your prayers elevate your vision for financial resources, that, that God not only meets your needs, but that, that, that you find yourself with more than enough so that you can be someone who God uses to meet the needs of others. So that there's a higher standard, a higher vision for, for, for seeing finances come in. It's not just to raise our standard of living, but raise our standard of giving. That in itself is a game changer. Anyone can pay bills, 
Anyone can go to the store and consume, but, but to be given the privilege and the calling and the purpose and the opportunity by God Almighty to be someone that He uses to have resources come to and ultimately through to bless other people, to see His kingdom grow. Man, that is, is, is reserved for some pretty elite company. His followers, you and me. Thank you, I will. See, Paul says it very clearly. He gives you something that you can then give away. He doesn't just say he gives you something that you can then spend. He talks about a higher purpose and he talks about it with an end goal in mind. Right down the bottom, all in bold. He gives you something you can then give away which grows into full form life. That's you, he's talking about. You and me, that as we be a people who are generous, who, who, who not just do generosity, but recognise that, that baked into our DNA is generosity, it has the catalyst for you and I to start living full formed lives, robust. In, this is appealing to me, robust in God, wealthy in every way not just finances, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way. And ultimately, ultimately, by being these people who don't just do generosity, but are generous, that it ultimately produces great praise to God. If we get this, if we see this, if we own this, if we take this on board, it gives us a new vision for working, a new vision for running our business, a new vision for how we allocate our, our, our finances as God blesses us with financial resources. It, it, it gives us new motivation for not endlessly consuming because it's not just about us, it's about others, it's about God's kingdom. It gives us a new vision for not getting into debt and, and sending 20% uh, to Visa and MasterCard, but instead giving God our first 10%. And rather than saying we can't afford it, it's like, God, man, bring it in and I'm gonna push it through. It gives us a new vision for that. So I wanna get super practical this morning. I, 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 I don't wanna us to just, fill our heads full of fun facts, interesting stuff about giving. Let me give you some real practical stuff. Now again, if you're here for the first time, this may be breaking news and it may be a lot to take in. I understand that, it's cool. You can keep your wallet uh, where no one will find it. But let's get super practical. And, I, and I'm pulling this from the Bible. This isn't pulling from Mark's book of magic tricks. First thing we can do is actually step towards giving our first 10%. I said Louie and I made the decision to start giving our first 10% many, many years ago, and, and we've continued that. And the idea of us giving our first 10%, it's, 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 it's a principle that's woven through the entire Bible. You'll see it right from the outset, and you'll see it right through to just about the final page. This idea of the first 10%, starting with something that's written in Leviticus. Leviticus, that's a great Bedtime story to read your kids, right? One-tenth of the produce of the land, and of course, we're not in agricultural times so much. This is talking in, in our case about our income. One-tenth of our income, whether it's grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. This idea that, in fact, the first 10% isn't something we give, it's something we return. 
It's something that we acknowledge that, that God, whilst he blesses us with income, blesses us with financial resources, that actually the first 10% belongs to him and we have the opportunity to bring it to him, to bring it back to him. It's, it's holy and we return it to him as an act of worship, not so much just an act of generosity. Malachi, God said something through him, something pretty, pretty bold. In fact, something very unique that, that only appears in one part in the entire Bible. And this is what, uh, God spoke through Malachi, bring all the tithes. Tithes means the same thing, first 10%, into the storehouse, which again in agricultural times, is, it meant a storehouse. Now it's the, the, the parallel would be the local church. So there'll be enough food in my temple. Food's a metaphor for making sure that we're growing and, 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 and reaching more people. And if you do, says the Lord of the heaven armies, I will, this is pretty good stuff, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And this is what God says. And only in this part of the Bible will you find God saying this. Try it, put me to the test. In fact, elsewhere in the Bible, God says, don't ever put God to the test. But He gives us one whole pass where in this, in this of, of, of being so bold and so full of faith, and, and stepping out on a, on, a, on, a, on a ledge and bringing our first 10%, He says, go on, try it. I dare you, put me to the test. And He doesn't say why that in this one unique setting, He gives us permission, in fact, challenges us, dares us, double dares us, double dog dares us to put Him to the test. He doesn't say why. I've thought about it though, and, and I gotta, I gotta, my theory is that the reason that God gives us an exemption, puts a caveat on testing Him only when it comes to bringing our first 10% is, is He knew it would freak us out. He knew, because here's how this works. Or at least this is how God wants it to work. You're walking along through life, doing your thing, spending your money, buying some stuff, paying some bills. And you know, from one paycheck to the next, it's kind of all being accounted for. And then you meet Jesus and you make the bold decision to start following Jesus. And then some knucklehead like me stands up and says, hey, you know what? As Jesus followers, there's a principle that God teaches. It's called bringing our first 10%. And, and He wants you to step up to that and start bringing your first 10%. And, it, and, and it's quite understandable if at that point in your journey of life, you stop and think, well, where's that supposed to come from? It's, it's, that would be a fair question. That would be a reasonable thought. Where's that supposed to come from? 10%, I'm already, I already need the 100%. I'm, I've, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proven walking demonstration that I need this 100%. And here comes God with the audacity to say to you and me, yeah, but now that you're my follower, you need to understand something. That first 10%, it ain't yours, it's mine. And it is set apart and it's holy. And I want you to bring that to me. And you think it's reasonable for, for you I to think, what? And so God says, I get it, I, I get it, does it? On paper, it doesn't 
make sense. But I'm God, and you're never gonna fully understand me. But, but test me in this. Try it. Give it a go. And see if I won't pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. And here's what I wanna encourage you to do is to try it. And, and here's a real simple idea. Give God the first and the best and then trust Him to bless the rest. And I can tell you as an N equals one experiment, Louis and I, we do better, live better, have far more fulfillment and satisfaction in our lives and in our finances, living off 90% with God involved than we ever did living off 100% doing it just in our own strength. Because the goal that Paul set out that you and I would live and, and start living fully formed lives, robust in God, one of the catalysts for that can come from giving our first 10% because, because it teaches us, in fact, it forces us to depend on God more and not just depend on your paycheck, your bank balance. And that dependence, that faith, that starts to spill over into other areas of our lives. So I, I, I strongly encourage you to consider trusting God with the first and the best and trust Him to bless the rest. Another thing that's super practical is to plan to be generous. Uh, two years ago, it was uh, time to, to upgrade our car. Um, you know it's time to upgrade your car when the quote from the mechanic is more than the resale value of your car. It's like, we're just gonna get rid of this lemon. And uh, so uh, we took it, uh, to, oh, doesn't matter. So it's time to upgrade Louis's car, excuse me. And um, so here's what we did. We had a Subaru Liberty. It was a beautiful thing. It, it served us well, um, but we didn't, you know, it's been a while, it's new cars on the market, different things. So we started looking at different models and different options and different brands and so on and so forth, different things around the price point that we were looking at and started researching. And we, we narrowed the, the list of, of brands down. We then narrowed the list of models down uh, around our, our, our uh, budgeted price point. Uh, we, we narrowed it down to, to, to one uh, or two models. We started uh, reading reviews, online reviews. People are brutally honest online, uh, especially ones that like to remain anonymous. And, um, and we started reading reviews. Uh, we started seeking out people that we knew had were owners of this particular model and finding out from their experience. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, we eventually uh, pushed Louis' uh, old car into the dealership. That's not true. Um, <laughs> We took her car to the dealership and traded it in for this, for this new car and, and drove out. Well, it took her for a test drive, of course, and then Louis drove out with his shiny new car. We put a lot of planning, a lot of intentionality into that purchase. And I, I read my Bible and, and I learned that God wants us to put at least that same amount of intentionality that we do with our consumption into 
our generosity. What if we, what if we as couples, as families, as individuals, walked through life, sat around the table, making plans of how we can be more strategic and more intentional with our generosity? More than we are intentional about our consumption. God spoke through a dude named Isaiah and, and he said something that's a life, become a life principle many years ago for Louis and I. I learned it, when I say it's a life principle from, from God's Word, I like to quote it without reading it because otherwise you might just think I'm lying to you. <laughs> but I, I, I learned it. A generous man devises generous plans and by generosity, he will stand. Yeah, but I'm gonna read it in a different version but I haven't memorized this version yet, so I'm gonna read it, because I think this says it even better. Generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Let me break this down. I'm doing you guys a real big favor today, breaking stuff down. There's two parts to this. The first one, generous people plan to do what is generous. I love planning Generosity, I love it. Sitting, driving, walking, riding, whatever it is, planning my next generous deed. Louie and I lead an Elevate group, 20-somethings. The most hilarious thing you ever, ever witnessed in your life. If we could CCTV it legally, we probably would. It's hilarious. Um, and uh, and we, we, we meet up every two weeks, Wednesday night, uh, and, and uh, we eat dinner together at our house. And Louie and I... Um, provide the meal. And I, I, I spend a, a gargantuan amount of my time and mental horsepower from one fortnight to the next, planning the next meal. I've got the next three fortnights meals, menu plans, already planned out. In fact, uh, for those of you that are coming, uh, let me tell you what, what the next one is. And for those that are not, that sucks to be you because we are going to be dining on some... Okay, I'm gonna get some free-range pork shoulder. I'm going to marinate that for 24 hours in some crushed juniper berries and bay leaves. This is wintertime, people. Well, not really. Um, marinate that for 24 hours. Uh, I'm then gonna slow roast that on uh, 130 Celsius for 12 hours. Uh, we're gonna serve that with a side of uh, roasted gala apples that are gonna be roasted with cinnamon, whole cinnamon sticks and a honey glaze. And then we'll have a, a second side dish of uh, sweet potato fries done two ways. Uh, one is gonna be dusted with a cayenne pepper. And then for the lightweights who don't like heat, we're gonna serve second ways with some cinnamon. Mm, try it, you'll love it. Anyway. And when, we, when they walk through the door, I mean, every time a noob comes in, they go, oh, I just followed my nose down the driveway. I'm like, oh, this is so good. And then they, they sit and, and there's firsts and then there's seconds. Just this last Wednesday night, one of our, one of our people went back for ninths. <laughs> They're all very small servings, but ninths. And I'm thrilled. Louie and I are thrilled. We love planning to be generous. I gotta tell you, if you don't plan to be generous yet, you're missing out. Get in it, get on board. Plan 
to be generous. And here's the next thing that God said through Isaiah. Stand firm in your generosity. Here's how this worked for us. And by the way, I'm just telling personal stories. A couple of weeks ago, I told personal stories. It didn't end very well for me. Uh, today, I'm telling personal stories. We're not perfect at this, but, but it's, it's something we're super committed to. And, and it's why I'm, I'm happy to share some of our stories from behind the curtain. Uh, eight years ago, I lost my job. Not gonna go into the details again on that story, but I was without work for about another 12 months. And so we were down to one uh, modest income um, between, depending on which part of the year it was, it was $30,000 total uh, household income and, and it bulged out to the gargantuan sum of $50,000 towards the end of the year, which was Louis' wage. We, we lived off um, that for, for a year. And you, you know, it's, that's not a lot of money. Um, and uh, up to that point, we'd been giving 15% before I lost my, my job. Uh, and, and, and we had... Uh, Combined household income was, was six figures, not like, you know, Donald Trump six figures, but six figures. And so we were giving 15%. And I lost my job and we were down to living on 30 to 50,000 for the year. Um, we had to drop our giving because it, we just couldn't make it work. But we are committed to standing firm in our generosity and we did not and, and made the very specific and intentional decision that we would not give less than our first 10%. And that even though we'd taken a blow financially, even though we were living off substantially less than we'd been used to living off, that we were gonna stand firm in our generosity. We weren't going to touch and tap into what was holy, what was God's. And we're gonna continue to give our first 10%. But that came with some intentional decision-making. We chose to live with my in-laws rather than getting a cheap rental. In-laws, free. Cheap rental, okay, but, but we, we, we would have had to probably dip into God's first 10% if we went down the rental route. And so we live with my in-laws. I love them, I can't live with them. It was the longest year of my life. It sent me 51 shades of grey. And, uh, and no, I, I love them, you guys get it. I love them. Listen carefully. They don't listen to this podcast. Listen carefully. I love them, but I can't live with them. Those are two separate things, all right? Let me throw in shade on me from your cheap, comfortable seats with backrests. We chose to do that. We chose to share one car and it was, at times it was spectacularly inconvenient for us. But, but again, it was about us. We're gonna stand firm in our generosity. We're not going to touch God's first 10%. We're gonna continue to give Him the first and the best and trust Him with the rest. All right, last thing. At some point, this being generous requires a starting point requires a decision, requires a, from this day, I will. From this day, we will. Louis and I made that decision years and years ago and we, and we continue to plan and we continue to stand firm and we continue to, to, to give and we're now back up to giving our first 12% uh, and, 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 and looking to continue to increase that uh, in uh, months and years to come. For those of you, I'm gonna trust that God's been speaking to you this morning, that as I've been sharing stuff from, from the Bible and sharing some of our stories, I'm gonna trust, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust that God's been speaking to some of you who have not yet started this journey of giving and being generous. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity. We're gonna give you an opportunity to start that journey right here, right now. Not this afternoon, not tomorrow, but right here, right now. I'm gonna get super, super practical because the goal of, of, of preaching here is not so that you can go out of here with a head full of knowledge. It's so that we can uh, get revelation from God's Word to start putting it into practice and ultimately cause this transformation that Jesus is all about. So if you've never started the journey of giving, and, 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 and I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna throw you a softball but one thing that I have seen in some people's journey is, is they may not yet have the faith to give their first 10%. You may, but you may not yet have that faith. I would encourage you to start where your faith is. Give your first 3%. Start with that. Take, take a step. Just take a step. Don't, and don't wait till you get out of debt to, to start being generous. Give along the way. Don't wait till you get the promotion to start being generous. Give along the way and, and trust God with the rest. So maybe you're not ready to give your first 10%, but give your first X percent. But maybe you are ready to give your first 10%. And I trust that God's been speaking to some of you this morning. And we're gonna give you that opportunity right now. And here's the other thing. You don't have to stop at 10. In fact, as best as we can Break it down. God's teaching around this idea is that the first 10% is both a goal and a minimum. That, that if you can build your faith up to where you have the faith to consistently give your first 10%, why stop at 10? And, and, and God can do more as we give more. So it's real practical. It, giving has never been more accessible ever in the history of the planet than it is today. And we have never made it more accessible than it is today. So here's the thing, there's some ways to give. This is real practical. It's not always that you'll come here and, and hear some teaching that you get to put into practice while you're here. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I gotta do that when I get home. I gotta start doing that with my spouse. I gotta start doing that with my kids. I gotta start doing that in my workplace. This is one of the messages where you right where you're very comfortably seated, you can put it into practice right now. Here's the ways to give. The, our Elevate app, if you have that and know how to work it, you can find very prominently a giving tile and that'll take you through to a service. We use a, a secure service called PushPay. You can do a one-off giving. I'm, I, and by the way, I'm, I'm gonna explain this. It's gonna sound a little bit kindergarten. I, I'm, I'm not uh, thrilled about that, but actually our host team occasionally feedback to us that some people walk out of here at 11 and, and haven't don't know how to give. It's like, okay, cool. We obviously didn't do a very good job of explaining it. So let me do a good job of explaining it. In our Elevate app, you can use a debit or credit card. You can give via Elevate app. You can do that as a one-off. Cool. Problem is if you wanna keep doing it, you'll have to keep remembering to give. The good news is you can set that up as a recurring thing. Um, so more and more people are doing that and that's fantastic. And, and it's all uh, automated. You can give via direct deposit. Now, this is how uh, a number of us give. It's actually how Louis and I give. We give via direct deposit from our bank account. So I get my little ANZ uh, um, app open or my little desktop browser open 
and uh, do via direct deposit. Um, the, the Elevate Bank account details for making that possible are on a slip that has been slipped, see what I did there? Into the envelope that's orbiting near you. Our bank account details and a number of you do that. And the smart ones of you who do direct deposit, many of you have also set that up as a recurring thing so you don't have to touch it again. Automating your life, how good is that? Another benefit is when you go on holidays, your giving doesn't go with you. We like that. Our treasurer likes that. Or if you like, and we're, our host team are very shortly gonna be passing some buckets, uh, you can give physical money. <laughs> it's a funny thing to say these days. <laughs> you have to actually put the word physical in front of the word money. <clears throat> you can do that in the envelope or straight in the bucket. No one's gonna be looking. Don't take anything out. Um, It's super practical, guys. And I, I, I sincerely trust and believe that God has spoken to many of you this morning and, and, and He's asking you to take a next step in your journey. The best way to not ever get stuck following Jesus is to keep taking next steps. Let me pray. God, I thank You that, that You give and bring perspective to us as followers of Jesus on how you want us to handle finances and handle stuff. And that your perspective and your ways are better than anything we could find elsewhere. Even though God, some of them are countercultural, I pray that we are people who follow you even when it's swimming upstream instead of just going with the flow and living less then your best living at a lower altitude than you would have us live. I pray, God, this morning that you've given people a higher vision for how you want us to use financial resources, that, that it's not just about us having our needs met, but God, you, want, you who are the God who's more than enough wanna get resources not just to us, but through us. So we as a church can be a church that's more than enough, that we can reach more and more people because we're well resourced financially. In Jesus' name, amen.